The Wire places Sarah Schoenberg in the tiny club of bassoon pioneers at work in contemporary music today, while the New York Times has called her performances galvanizing and riveting. She has performed with or been a member of Anthony Braxton's 12 Plus One and the Tricentric Orchestra, Wayne Howitt's Gravitas Quartet, Harris Eisenstadt's Golden State, Wayfield Ensemble, SEM Ensemble, Wet Ink, Marty Elisha's Duende Winds, Nels Klein's Lovers, Adam Rudolph's Organic Orchestra, and the Michael Leonhardt Orchestra. She has worked with many of creative music's luminaries, including Roscoe Mitchell, Henry Treadgill, Butch Morris, Yusuf Latif, Wadada Leo Smith, George Lewis, and Pamela Z. She can be heard on music and film recordings, including Matrix 2 and 3, Spanglish and Dahmer. Sarah has performed at major venues throughout North America and Europe. A partial list includes Carnegie Hall, Lincoln Center Out of Doors, The Kitchen, Iridium, Disney Hall, Red Cat, The Kennedy Center, The Free Music Festival in Antwerp, Belgium, The Biennale Musica in Venice, Italy, The American Festival of Improvised Music, and so on and so forth. Sarah received her BFA from the San Francisco Conservatory of Music and her MFA from the California Institute of the Arts. She has been adjunct faculty at California Institute of the Arts, Citrus College and Pasadena Conservatory. She has given masterclasses at Emmaus College, Hampshire College, Cornish College, University of Denver and Western Washington University. She is currently on faculty at the Brooklyn Conservatory of Music and the Packer Collegiate Institute. Before we get to that interview, here's a message from our sponsor. Legends of Read is sponsored by Barton Cane. Barton Cane is your stock for quality double read cane. Their cane is processed with precision equipment completely designed by them. Your days of saying no to happy hours are over. Use coupon code Legends of Read, all one word, for free shipping on any order. Take back your life with Barton Cane. Welcome back to another episode of Legends of Read. I'm your host, Joanne Sukumaran, a Bursunese based in Singapore. Today, I'm very pleased to have with me Sarah Schoenbeck. Welcome to the show, Sarah. Thank you so much. It's so nice to talk with you. I'm looking forward to it. Yes, thank you for um, patiently waiting for the interview. <laughs> I know we've been going back and forth with the schedule. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, life gets a bit crazy sometimes. Life gets crazy, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Could you just tell us briefly about your musical journey, how you came to study the bassoon, and how your career developed? Yeah, absolutely. It's fun to it's funny to tell another bassoonist how to how I started playing bassoon because I feel like everybody's always got a really good story. Um, I I played uh, in elementary school. I played clarinet, and um, everyone seemed to play clarinet. And I I was tired of people not practicing at school, um, and so I wanted to play an instrument that other kids didn't play. And I saw um, two women playing the bassoon, and I was like, ah, oh, 
that's what I want to do. So in sixth grade, I started playing bassoon. Um, and, uh, and I got really into it and I loved playing in band and orchestra and doing all that stuff as a kid. Um, but I was also really interested in, I liked, um, kind of, um, more exper experimental music. I liked punk. I liked a lot of different, um, different kinds of music as a kid. I liked contemporary classical music. I liked, yeah, a lot of different things. And so I, I in high school, I was really interested in just finding like the different sounds that I could get on the instrument that weren't more traditional notation. Um, and so I had like a little book that I made of like multiphonics and I do a multiphonic a day, you know, like I was really into, you know, I, I was really into it. So I went to college with that, with that kind of mindset and that kind of interest. Um, and I went to uh, San Francisco State University. I wanted to study with Rufus Olivier, um, who's the principal bassoonist at the, um, the ballet and the opera in San Francisco. Just a, just a mm. hero, a real bassoon and person hero, incredible mm. person, um, incredible bassoonist. And um, I ended up finishing my, uh, my undergraduate degree at uh, um, San Francisco Conservatory of Music with Steve Paulson. Um, who's the principal of the um, San Francisco Symphony. He's also incredible <laughs> bassoonist, just incredible. So I, I've, I was pretty lucky. Um, to, I grew up near San Francisco. So for me, going to San Francisco was a no-brainer. Um, but I also did a lot of, I played a lot of um, compositions um, by um, student composers and a lot of different composers in the area and that was new music was really my thing um at, from right out out of the gate um I was really interested I liked chamber music and orchestra too but I loved new music and um and I the thing that my trouble at the time because uh, um and this is not everybody obviously I'm not I'm not saying every single composer from this time period but um in the early nineties, which is when I was in undergraduate school, um, composers were writing a lot. They writing a lot using, um, computer programs and not necessarily taking into consideration what, um, the unique idiosyncrasies of the bassoon. Um, and I, I got really tired of championing, um, works by people where I didn't feel like they were championing the instrument that I played. And so I started getting into improvisation. Um, and, uh, that was, uh, that was exciting for me, um, on so many levels because you could, I was being able to express what I heard in my own mind and being able to, um, uh, explore the, all these different kind of coloristic, um, kind of coloristic information that you can get out of the instrument just because of what is, what the instrument is capable of, just because of the amount of keys that are on the instrument and the, just the, the hugeness of it. There's a lot of like, you know, opportunity for, um, a lot of different sounds that you wouldn't hear if you were, you know, going to listen to bassoons playing in orchestra. Um, I, I went to, I got my master's at um, California Institute of the Arts. I studied with Julie Fives, another incredible bassoonist who was really, um, she was really, um, has like kind of tone production down to a science. So it really, um, studying with her allowed me to kind of bring in, that kind of fine-tuned playing of of color uh, of of tone production color like how quiet can you play how loud can you play what kind of vibrato do you want to use here um having a wider kind of color palette um for the instrument and then getting to use that in um, improvisation which is what i was mostly doing i was mostly doing music and improvisation at at CalArts and um, that kind of launched my 
career path. You know, once I got out of my master's, I, am I talking? I feel like I'm talking a lot. No, no, go ahead. I, I'm, I'm just uh, <laughs> okay. yeah, listening Sorry. to you. Yeah, just go ahead. Yeah. Okay. I can just have my blah, blah, blah. Anyway. <laughs> I, uh, I um, studied with a lot of people. Um, I studied with a lot of um, jazz musicians and improvisers and a lot of different, you know, world music. Um, I studied um, uh, Indian, um, North Indian classical music and South Indian music. And, um, you know, I did a lot of, there's a lot that you can do at that school. And so I did it. Um, and I studied with Wadado, Leo Smith, and Vinnie Golia. And I ended up playing in, in Vinnie Golia's large ensemble when I came out of school. And um, that led me to um, playing at, um, I started playing at jazz festivals with him. And I met other people and that kind of like got my, my career just kind of went, you know, took off that way. And um, yeah. And, it, and it's uh. funny because like, I think it's, it, you and I were talking earlier about um having to just sort of like you know as a musician you're kind of doing you've got this thing going on you've got that thing going on and so I do feel like that's that's always a big part of being a creative musician is like what else are you doing how else are you supporting yourself too for the times that as you're freelancing you might be really busy or you might not be that as busy and so how do you how do you support yourself in a meaningful way so it's always mm, that's always yeah. a thing so. Yeah. Wow. so you never considered uh an orchestral career is that right no I actually while I was at the conservatory um I I had been improvising a lot when I was at San Francisco State and I played in a, a I played in a couple of groups that played around San Francisco as a young you know a young bassoonist um where they were just improvise improv well like kind of chamber improvisation and just completely improvisation. And when I went to um, the conservatory, I was really glad that I went because for technique, uh, it was like no other. It was really important for my playing and actually for composition and stuff like that. It was very, 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 very um, important for me personally. But it definitely, I definitely at that time, now the conservatory has changed and there's a lot more new music. I was one of a few, a very small handful of people interested in new music there. And um, I definitely didn't get a chance to improvise or anything like that. So it really kind of knocked, kind of knocked, knocked it out of me while I was really focusing on uh, repertoire and um, tech, technical, you know, technique uh, and working on, on bassoon technique, which is super important. But um, I, I also felt at that time that um, as I was doing that, I felt very um, boxed in and there was a large part of me that was not getting to um, express myself through music the way that I wanted to. And I knew that I didn't, I didn't feel whole um, working on orchestral repertoire or playing in orchestra and and that I didn't love it enough. I, I feel like you've got to really love it if you're going to start taking orchestra auditions. I just didn't. Mm. I, I love other, you know, I feel more um, excitement to play um, in creative music settings than I do in orchestra. Some mm. of that's based on anxiety. Um, uh, and some of that really is just based on my own um, interest not that I don't like playing in orchestras because I do I just didn't think that I uh I didn't feel like um auditioning for orchestras was my um authentic self as a bassoonist Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I completely understand. Yeah, I felt yeah. I, I feel the same way. I felt the same way. Like I was going through the motions. Like, okay, I need to nail this attack. I need to <laughs> be pianissimo here. Yeah, and I felt that I was very disconnected from it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Not that so, that's not good stuff to practice. I mean, for yeah. it's wonderful. But I'd rather be in a chamber music setting. I'd rather be. In a new music ensemble, I'd rather be improvising or I'd rather be in like a jazz 
setting. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, yeah. I even took a lesson with the oboes and then uh, I was asking him, I was like, I don't know why. <laughs> I'm playing better in concerts than in auditions, you know. And then slowly it dawned on me, yeah, maybe this is not the path. <laughs> yeah. 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 So yeah, that's really fascinating to to hear that um, that you went to school already already with this multiphonic chart. You know, that's like I know. <laughs> so advanced, like trailing behind you, <laughs> punk punk rock <laughs> punk rock high school student. Yeah. <laughs> but did you face uh, any opposition from your peers from the rest of the bassoon studio at that time or something like that? Or? Um, the rest of the Piston Studio? Oh, no. Uh, no. No. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I, uh, I mean, CalArts, there was two of us, very small. Uh, uh. And actually, at San Francisco State, there were two of us. And then there were, I think, four or five of us at the conservatory at the time. And um, so we were, people were supportive. You know, uh. we were supportive of each other. I see, and, um, I see. I mean, I wasn't like going crazy i still was you know loving vivaldi and hmm. i see okay know. oh nice so. to know that yeah i listened to to your album you released it uh, late last year yeah yeah in november yeah 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 i found it very um evocative and uh, beguiling I, I especially like uh, lullaby yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's my favorite. Could you oh, explain yeah. the inspiration behind this album? Um, behind the album itself, um, uh, I had gotten a grant, and part of the grant was um, creating something. So um, I had a couple different ideas for um, um, for a record, and um, and um, and kind of came up upon uh, I, what. Okay, here we are. Here is the idea of the record. <laughs> Um, with bassoon, it's such a quiet instrument and I like the, um, I like the subtle places, um, that the bassoon can go. I like those quiet spaces. And so for me to do a record, I wanted it to be, um, duos because it's such an intimate setting and, um, and it allows the bassoon, um, you don't really have to push, you know, you can just play the bassoon, you know at least for me i can play the bassoon that i want to play how i want to play the bassoon which is like i can get aggressive and i can get a lot like raucous but i i also feel like um i like those those more um subtle moody spaces um that the bassoon can go to specifically you know with the with the tone color and the um kind of attack and these you know we can we can do these like legato large leaps and you know expressive intervals that i i really love that so um i decided duo was going to be best and i really wanted to since i hadn't put out a record on my own before i've been on a lot of other people's records and i've been on some collaborative records i have a um with wayne horvitz i have a duo record out with him too actually um came out the year before and um right in the smack dab in the middle of the pandemic and um and uh i i kind of wanted to do a record with a lot of different people that i've played with and um who i i feel a closeness to th musically like in influence either being being influenced by or have been you know played in an ensemble with them um or um have been in their band or something like that and um so I, I asked, uh, so it's a very specific group of people that I asked it to be on the record and it's nine, it's nine different duets. So the idea was three of the, three of the pieces are my compositions. Three of the compositions are from other people and three of the pieces are completely improvisation. So. Mm. Oh, okay. So, yeah. um, yeah, cause I understand that, uh, Sugar was a commission, right? And uh, Auger uh, Sugar Strokes, was, right? Or no? yeah. um, Sugar was, um, Auger Strokes was a commission by me. Yeah. Um, okay. And Matt Mitchell, um, he and I, I played in his group a couple of times. And uh, he's just, um, uh, I love his, the complexity of his writing. And um, 
at the same time, it's like super, super musical. Not that complexity can't be musical, but he, especially in this piece, he was at that time really exploring space. Um, has a third voice within composition, which I'm super down with. Like I realized my um, my aesthetic is to I like things to be really slow um, and quiet and emotional. <laughs> so <laughs> it fit well. Yeah, um, I get that. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But um, and actually, the the piece that you like um, the most, I I asked Nils Klein if he would play that with me. It's a it's a um, it's a piece by uh, the slowcore band um, Low, um, and you can go on YouTube and you can listen to the original. It's really great, and um, and so I, he's actually friends with with Low, um, and I am not friends with Low, but I but I am friends with Nels. So I asked if he would if he would do that with me. So that's where that came from and actually it's pretty fun because when we recorded it each one of these pieces um i got together with the person matt and i did a fair amount of rehearsing ahead of time but everybody else i i didn't rehearse ahead of time it was i traveled around and it was and we had a i i scheduled a three-hour recording session with each person so um um and with nels with lullaby um we did a couple different passes because he played the bass line and then he played guitar after. And I did um, uh, one track of um, like coloristic um, sounds and then one with the melody and more of a, like a, a real, like uh, a more like a rock, like a rocking solo, mm. you know, over the, over the, mm the guitar and the bass. So, mm -hmm. and then it got, and then, um, um, and then we just put it all together. So. I see. I see. It was, yeah. So it's actually a cover of this band. What do you say? Low. Low. Yeah. Low. low. Yeah. Ah. Um, they're fabulous. So um, yeah, they, and all their songs are, yeah, it's, it's slow chord so it's all really slow so it really appeals to me you know yeah i know it was like it was so. so moody and like it was slowly unfolding and i could just imagine like a scene in a movie or something like that good yeah. <laughs> that's the that was the goal yeah. <laughs> yeah. i'm so glad really yeah. nice yeah yeah so i i I improvise, but not on your level. Do you have some tips for us? Like, how do you approach free improvisation? Do you have some uh, tips for us? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think it's really good to, um, when you practice scales, to not just do, I mean, I'm not sure. Everybody has, like, their um, intervallic studies that they do and scales that you do. Cause so, so just curiously, like, what would be like your go-to warm-up uh, as like a scale, a scale warm-up? Usually I do drills, but uh, I'm yeah. looking for something else. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. yeah Cause I start, I kind of started with, um, I would start with um, like a whole tone. I did whole tone, you know, I do whole tone scales uh, and um, half diminished scales. And it kind of allows you to, you know, when you go and play, then you're not just like going to, I, I think the problem, the problem can be like, and I remember this, um, if you, pra if you practice your major and minor scales, which everybody should, then what comes to you when you're playing free are those major and minor scales. And you're like, yeah, yeah. You're just like, uh, so even like, so, so it's like, if I was going to play, like, oh. I don't know. I don't know why I'm doing this. Just for everyone listening, Sarah has a bassoon now. <laughs> you know, I don't know why I did that because I haven't warmed up and I didn't even soak my reed and my instrument's not all the way put together. But, you oh. know, like, but like, um, oh, <laughs> just, I was like, oh, here, let me show you. Um, but, but, um. Like uh, to be like, it, it's good for, for new music too. Like if you practice whole tone scales, when you're looking at, if you're trying to learn something quickly, you'd be like, oh, 
there's a whole tone scale, you know, oh, there's, you know, diminished, there's Lydian, there's, you know, like if you can go through different kinds of scales, um, it'll make your, re it, it helps with reading too. Um, uh, I, I also like to practice um, uh, microtones. I, I, um, I, for quite a while, I played with two different microtonal <clears throat> musicians um, in Los Angeles, Craig Grady, who actually lives in um, Australia now. So he's not that far from you. Not that far. Yeah. <laughs> not that, that far. far. <laughs> sort of. But, <coughs> but um, so I'm still like two weeks later, still coughing from COVID. Oh, but, oh um, no. Oh, so is this bad. the second time? Or the second time that I had it. Yeah. Oh, I had dear. it a long time. I had it at the beginning, though. But oh. um, it's okay. I'm okay. okay. I don't know why I mentioned it. But, <laughs> um, uh, but it's that's also like quarter tones. I almost was going to pick up my bassoon again. I'm not doing it. Um, but um, uh, quarter tones and um, just intonation. There's a lot of like, because the bassoon has so many, um, all these extra keys on it, um, it really allows for um, a lot of, you know, you can not just playing um, your... Um, chromatic scales you know you can you can explore other um other scales i'd be happy to share fingerings with you um and also uh i um i like to practice out of um, a couple different um books i've got um yusuf latif who's an incredible musician it's not who passed away a little while ago but um repository for scales and melodic patterns and um he put it in bass clef um, upon, uh, on, I actually asked him to, but it's um, wonderful, wonderful, just tons and tons of intervals, intervallic studies and scales. Um, and it really allows me, because I, I, I also love playing etudes as well, but it allows you to kind of step away from um, major and minor again you know these kind of like more um western um kind of tonal ideas of music um and not that this doesn't this has very tonal ideas but it's just it's um it's it's not part of the um it's just not part of that kind of classical mm -hmm. um approach yeah. which bassoon is so steeped in mm. so um i i feel like playing something for you but i'm scared that i'm just gonna sound really weird again because i haven't done anything to oh. I, could, I guess i could finish putting my bassoon together and that it would sound better but um yeah, yeah. but uh uh but that i also feel like um getting together and just um uh playing with other people is good but not only that like um, here I'll put like what else is good is just um, being able to spend a little time after you've warmed up. I'm sorry if I sound bad, but like no, just no, putting like is, a yeah. putting your um putting a a timer on and and whatever you've been thinking about musically, maybe it's like you know, some, some interval that you've been interested in. Um, and then just spend a little time exploring that, whatever that idea is and seeing if you can develop it without the, without music in front of you. So, you know, I don't know what I've been, I've been not doing this lately, but I don't know. Let's say like, I want to do like, You know, maybe that would be my improv. I don't mm -hmm. know where that would have gone, but, <laughs> you know, but, but it, it forced yourself to like, kind of try to stay in that space with just like maybe two or three ideas mm -hmm. and, um, and, and develop that um, and then do a different one the next day.
I see. So you, you know? start start with a small cell. Do you mean that? Yeah. yeah. Or yeah. like, yeah, like um, maybe it would be like a melody. Like maybe I would do something in a like a pentatonic scale. Like I don't know. You know, like let's say I want to do uh, um, like. Let's see. What would I do? Like I don't know. Just simple, like a C pentatonic scale. You know, and mm -hmm. just see. Can you can you play it without? Uh, sounding like you're just playing the scale, you know, mm -hmm. I didn't quite get there yet, but if I kept going, I would have, you know, like, so I, um, so that's always good. And it's kind of fun to do that with other people. You can have somebody else, you can take turns droning for each other. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, li I like drones. I, I find it gives a lot of, I don't know, creative juice. <laughs> yeah. yeah and, uh, and I like, you know, the, you know, those Indian flute players, but they do the, the gamakas, the ornamentation. Oh yeah, yeah. And I can't do it. I'm like ah, <laughs> like, on the bassoon, right? Like, oh yeah. They, or they do all the sliding and things and. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. I know. It's the. It doesn't. Yeah. Right, yeah. Like the. Yeah. Like the. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think oh, I think what you said, the microtones, right? Practicing microtones. Yeah. yeah, practicing micro. I mean, like, let's see, I don't know. You know, like mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, the the this um, the repos. I I really like playing out of uh, this. Always, I find inspiration. Um, I'll just open to like whatever. Let me see. Should I? I don't know if this is fun for people to listen. Maybe I won't do it. I'll just do a little second of it. So here's a hexachordic interpola interpolation. So see. You know, it just goes, you know. You could just like, now, so if I play a little bit of that, I like that one better. Um, mm -hmm. But if, if I play a little bit of that, then maybe I'll use that as an improvisation jumping off point. Mm, I know. see. Okay. So this is a jump off point. Okay. I understand. understand. Yeah. yeah. And then you need an exit strategy, right? Like the, the way out. <laughs> The way out, the way out, like um, the way out of the improvisation. Is that yeah, hard for like, you? Yeah. yeah. Like, now you, what? Yeah. Now what? How do I get out? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's another thing is like allowing yourself to, um, rather than thinking that way, but allowing yourself to, um, if you're playing with other people, if you're not sure what to do, then just don't do and allow silence to be the, your voice at that time. Okay. You know, and allow that to be the other voice and what's happening until you feel like, oh, I hear what needs to happen here. You know, this is I'm going to mm. do this. And that is actually, I think, really important. Um, and um, and uh, especially with free improvisation, where you're really just playing whatever um, mm -hmm. yeah. uh, uh, it is to be able to like really like um think about it more as like what's happening it has a sound uh, not just the sound that i'm creating but the sound that the whole ensemble is creating you know and so if i can't add to it i'm going to wait until i can you know there's no there's no need to drive something um i see yeah because when i was at conservatory we had a free improv class and i used to it struck a lot of fear in me it was just me and a cellist Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> I was so scared. I was like, oh, what do I do? <laughs> I used yeah. To, I used to skip class. <laughs> oh, no. So now it's just the cellist is in there like, oh, great. <laughs> where'd, <laughs> yeah, she, where'd she go? Yeah. 
<laughs> awesome. Right. But you know what would be nice is if you were going to get together with the cellist, you could always bring um, music to play together. And um, maybe you take a duet and play a couple bars of it. And then you improvise on those couple of bars and then you move on, you know, or you play just one bar and you move on or you play a whole line, improvise, and then using that line as inspiration, Im improvise off of the music that's written there. I don't know. Um, we, we, we had this uh, instructor and he, he was very uh, like, no, you can't discuss. You can't talk about anything you're going to do. You just have to do it in the moment. I was like, ah. <laughs> Oh, I don't agree with that. But that's, I mean, everybody's got their own thing. I think it's good to, I think it's good to create game. Like if you're going to work with somebody, it's a wonderful opportunity to workshop and think of different ideas um, of, you know, like, hey, why don't we play this time? Let's play three short mov movements. And each movement has two different ideas that you can use. You know, mm. um, maybe I'm going to do, you know, act and glissando is one mm. movement for me, you know, and you're going to do, you know, a uh, 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 melody based on three notes and silence, you know, or, or a staccato, you know, and, and just ah. see where that takes you. And maybe it'll be a minute per movement, you know, I think that's kind of a, I think that's a really nice way to approach improvisation because especially as somebody who's been, If you've been using, like, if you've been reading music, um, it's nice to have some sort of structure, mm -hmm. you know, so yeah. you're not just like, uh, you know, yeah. um, you know, to, to have like, a, there's a task that we're doing here. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I'm going to fulfill the task. It's got these elements, you know, I still mm -hmm. want it to sound like music, but it is also an, an exercise, you know, it's mm -hmm. a work. It, I'm, we're practicing, we're workshopping. So I see, I see. Yeah, I've read an interview, you know, the Icelandic singer Björk. And yeah. then she used to force herself to improvise every day for half an hour. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. And then she would, I think, I don't know, cycle or go to a church. And then there was an organ and she would sit there for half an hour and just, that was her exercise, I think. Beautiful. Yeah. So um, I just think, um, how do you approach, like, how do you get into this space where you get more ideas? Like, uh, do you have any ideas we can, how we can become more creative? I think it's important to do what you want to do. You know, I, I, um, I think it's like, okay. you have to think about like, what is, what it, what's interesting to you? You know, like what, hmm. what do you think what inspires you on the instrument and and if what inspires you on your instrument is to play you know maybe like not you specifically but like you in general maybe maybe a, like you would want to do like maybe like what inspires you the most is um early music and you want to become a baroque bassoonist then you should do it you know, like then you should do, and there's a lot of improvisation involved in Baroque music, as we both know, right? So mm -hmm. um, I, I actually feel like Baroque music and there's a lot of connection between um, early music and kind of creative improvisation and kind of creative chamber music, like improvisation and chamber music. I feel like there's a lot of like similarities between the two. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I definitely feel like people should do what is exciting to them and so then like just free yourself up yeah well or don't free yourself up you know it's like if yeah. you like like don't i i think people shouldn't feel like a responsibility to be finding new sounds on the instrument if that's not something you want to do if it's something you want to do then i think listening to music is a good idea you know listening to other people playing listening to people playing other instruments completely and different genres of music. And I, for me, it was, um, I, I thought, you know, gosh, I don't want to just play classical music, but I also, you know, I played clarinet and saxophone when I was a kid and I, but I really loved bassoon and I, I really wanted to play, um, 
everything, a lot of different styles and a lot of different genres, but all, all on the bassoon. So in the 90s, it was a little more unusual. I think more people are doing it now, which is great. People were doing it then too. It's just, it's always a handful of bassoonists. You know, there's just a, not many of us anyways, right? So <laughs> it's always like, oh yeah, I know, you know, I, I know about this many, you know, like wiggle your fingers and that's how many kind of improvisers you know on your instrument, but on bassoon at least. But um, at that time, it was a little more unusual for kind of classically trained um, musicians who on instruments that are not typically seen outside of the orchestra. It's more unusual to see I, um, them play in different settings. So I played in like, you know, a, a large you know, improvising ensemble with, with like very contemporary music. I played in a hip hop orchestra and I play, you know, and I did a lot of like chamber jazz and, um, and that's other than the hip hop orchestra, that's, that was specifically in Los Angeles, but that's also all that other things. I, that's what I do now. And um, so for me, I'm, I'm very similar to you. I love chamber music. So I, I, my favorite thing to play is, um, is a, uh, chamber music that involves improvisation mm. you know so mm -hmm. um i really you know mm. did you so. also study composition i did a little bit yeah yeah mm -hmm. i did a little bit not as much as i should have but but um i i kind of feel like because i'm in the world i'm in i i'm kind of have to compose <laughs> on the spot <laughs> so, well and also just like you know if you want to have a band, you kind of need to bring music. And so you compose the music to bring to see, the people okay. to play. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, Could you name us some of your uh, musical and artistic inspirations? Um, yeah. Um, I would say like, uh, well, at least for me, um, uh, there's so many. I had a list that I wrote down at one point because I was like, oh, don't forget, don't forget, don't forget. But, oh. you know, as, you, as you're listening to music, there's times where I've really, when I, when I really think about it, I'm like, wow, that really is, you know, hitting me and where like, I got to keep listening to this. And then it, you know, and then it influences. But um, I would say um, one of the turning points for me um, as a young bassoonist um, a couple different things. I I I started listening to um, Steve Lacey, and um, and I uh, it really like that his music really um, struck a chord with me in a way that was really um, really made me feel like oh um, uh, uh, so Steve Lacey, Eric Dolphy, and um, Um, <laughs> um, Jimmy Jeffrey, um, and those ones because it really was like chamber music, jazz, you know, and uh, um, and Eric Dolphy and Steve Lace is spe specifically like really musical but really angular, um, and um, Jimmy Jeffrey trio, um, uh was just so beautiful it's so beautiful it's so beautiful it's so beautiful it's such beautiful music but it's a lot of improvisation but it really is like um to me um i'm never i mean i i can make my way through playing over um playing changes and and um but i'm really not like um a bebop bassoon player there's other bassoon players that are fabulous at that um paul hansen Mm -hmm. um being in to me just like a god of the god of bassoon bebop he really mm -hmm. is so dynamite um um and i i um i don't even aspire to play like him because he's he's like a freak of nature you should check him out because he mm. really like he just like the way he moves through the instruments is and the, the way he moves through chord changes is crazy mm -hmm. but um I just don't hear music like that. I certainly find it inspiring and I think he's amazing. Awesome. Mm -hmm. But it's not my, it's not what I, it's not my way of wanting to play. I really, I like to hear um, music to sound. I like it to sound like it's um, 
you know, I still have a lot of classical music in me, you know, and so I, I am moved by improvisation that has that more of that, that kind of motivic nature. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, who else? I mean, I um Robin Holcomb, who's on the record, okay. uh, Roscoe Mitchell, who's on the record. Ah, I see, <laughs> you know, I see. I saw your collaborators. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, some oh, of them okay. are the big, my biggest inspirations. I'm playing with Anthony Braxton, and um, it's huge, 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 huge for me. Um, what else? I mean, like, you know, Joni Mitchell. Um, mm. um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I see. I, I see you wrote a track with your your partner also, right? Uh, old series, right? Oh, Harris is my husband. Oh, yeah, uh, he's oh, on yeah. the first track. Oh, yeah, right, right. Okay. Yeah. So that's actually uh, oh, Osiris is um um our sons our names together Owen mm. Owen Harris and Sarah. So it's our our band name is Osiris. Oh, nice. In honor of the three of us. <laughs> I see. So. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, I don't know. There's so many, there's so much music that's inspired me. It's, I, I mentioned some, but it, there's, there's so many, there's so uh, much more. You have to send me your list uh, via email one day. Okay. I will. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Check it out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what is the New York scene like? I mean, for jazz and improv. It's very good. There's a lot of creativity. I think that here, um, I, uh, to me, uh, from my vantage point, which is just one, you know, a little drop in the bucket, but um, from my vantage point, it's, it's a lot of like, um, create your own world, mm-hmm. you know, um, you, it's a, it's, um, there's a ton of musicians, actually, I'll, I'll tell you when I, when I moved here from Los Angeles, in LA, I knew a lot of the, I think I knew basically, um, all the bassoon players, I knew a lot of the musicians. I I knew I if and if I didn't know them, I knew the people that they knew. You know, like it really was. I it it. There's tons of musicians there, but somehow it's not. It wasn't overwhelming. I kind of maybe because I went to school there. I I don't know, but it was easier to. No. You're, you're native there, right? Native yeah. Or, so maybe yeah. that's what it is yeah. too. But yeah. um, but um, when I came to New York, I met um the two the two people I met first was one of them was um Ken Thompson, who has played a lot with Bayana Can, and then the other one was Mike McGinnis, who's a wonderful, wonderful jazz musician, and they both play um kind of contemporary music jazz um creative improvisation they both play clarinet they're exactly the same age they both got their masters in new york they uh, in manhattan and they are on similar trajectories and so when i met i had met ken thompson then when i met mike mcginnis i was like oh do you know ken thompson because you guys seem like kind of the same person he's like oh i don't know him and i was like oh no. And I felt, I had this feeling like I had this like visceral feeling, like I was falling back into a pool of water and I just like, I lost my footing for a second. I was like, Oh my God, you just aren't going to know everybody here. It's just, there's too many people. And so even though they're on such a similar path, totally, totally similar path. Now they know each other, okay. but at the time they didn't. And I was like, how how can you be <laughs> such so similar and um went to school here and then don't know each other just it was in it was unfathomable and i and i felt like oh okay i'm going to know i'm going to know some bassoonists and and that's just how that's going to be and i'm going to have to be okay with it and i also knew when i was i played a lot in in la i played in a lot in and um regional orchestras and I did some um I did studio work mm-hmm. a lot of studio work um sessions so oh, oh, yeah. yeah session yeah, yeah okay. and um new music stuff um and then um I, but I knew when I moved here I played in Anthony Braxton's large uh, as a um 
um, why can't I say? <laughs> I played in one of his ensembles. I'm so, but um, um, and uh, and I felt like okay, so I'm gonna know improvisers, and I'm not gonna know. I I played in some orchestra stuff, but I just knew that I wasn't gonna be. I don't know the classical musicians here. And now my life has gotten very busy with the work that I do. And, um, and so I know them even less. Mm, I see. <laughs> so yeah. I, but it, but, it, but there's room for, you know, there's room for everybody and people are excited about um, people are excited about musicians doing new things. Very excited mm -hmm. about that here. And, and um, I think that's really great. I mean, I think that, um, that um there's a lot of like support mm. for um and there's a lot of like there's just like really heavy musicians that you know that i listened to um as a young person and now and then it's like oh my gosh and now i'm i'm living in the same city as this person and now i'm you know and people that i'm working with you know mm. so it's to me it's that's pretty inspiring um and, and you won't get that other places i don't think oh it sounds like a very um freeing like you have a lot of freedom uh, like to be yourself yeah I think so. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. I don't okay. know. In my, at least in my experience, in my little like kind of, I'm, I'm a little. Yeah, I think so. Hmm. Oh, you know, okay. but there's and there's a fair amount of freelance work to be found too. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's great. Um, which are the, uh, which are the best jazz clubs one should go to? Like, I I know of some, but I don't know all. all I don't. Them. Uh. Um, the jazz gallery, um, some places have closed. I go, um, I oftentimes play at roulette, which is my favorite, um, because it's a big, it's a beautiful big venue in Brooklyn. Um, I don't know. I mean, Barbez, Owl, these are just tiny little spots, but they're nice. I don't know. Okay. I kind of try to, I try not to leave Brooklyn, but, um, and I used to, uh, play a monthly gig with a jazz orchestra, but, um, the, um, that place closed during COVID. So mm -hmm. I would have said that place. um, well, I mean, Iridium, um, Blue Note, mm -hmm. you know, um, okay, yeah. great, great. Um, yeah, um, I was wondering, like, have you ever faced uh, any challenges as a female musician or um, or any gender bias? Have you ever come across that in your career? Um, just, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, for sure. Yes. Um, I think so. Yeah, I mean, some of it is, you know, for playing bassoon in the jazz world, it's hard to tell if it's bassoon or if it's I'm a woman, you know, there's, you know, I think that people assume I'm not going to be able to do something. And there's only been a couple times where I'm like, I, I did, I was playing in LA and um, somebody came up to me afterwards and said, oh, wow, I didn't think you'd be able to do that. And I was like, oh, because I, what, improviser? Like, yeah. I'm like, why? Because I, play bassoon they're like no because you're a woman I was like are you kidding, are you kidding me right now <laughs> like that in you your know face like, <laughs> in your face uh, yeah this uh, that yeah it was meant to be a compliment I was like you know I'm like I couldn't believe it I was like what where do you live you know and actually they lived in Arizona so that I mean maybe there was something to it but <laughs> but oh. no but okay. Arizona's, Arizona's fine but um <laughs> but uh it was, um, but I was like, oh, wow, that's really interesting. I mean, oftentimes I am the only woman or one of the only women playing in something. There's a lot more women now, though. And I mm -hmm. think that there's, um, people are interested in, there's a lot more women now mm -hmm. improvising and playing jazz. Tons, mm -hmm. a lot more. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that people, you know, uh, it'll be like, I don't, you know, another time I was like going backstage, you know, I was walking behind the cell, a cellist. This is for um, a 
jazz orchestra I was playing in. And um, this, the, the stage guy um, let him go and then stopped me and said, oh, where are you trying to go? Oh, well, are you sure? Who are you seeing? Uh, let me walk you back there. And then like, I get back there and I grab my instrument. I'm like, I told you, I'm just, I'm playing and I'm trying oh, to get on stage, you know? He thought that you were so, like going was to like see a girlfriend, someone. Like a, yeah. yeah, it was like a girlfriend of somebody or something. Yeah. Oh, what what was the, the word for that? Uh, a groupie? No, like, what? Oh. Why W-A-G, right? Wives and girlfriends. <laughs> Oh, oh, I've never heard that. <laughs> I think it's <laughs> in crazy. the UK. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, and also like, I yeah, people be like, "Oh, are you a singer?" Always, always. Or oh, are you a singer? I'm like, no. Can you I sing just... for me? No, <laughs> I'm not yeah. gonna sing for yeah, you. No, and it's like you know, oh, I play an yeah, instrument. Yeah, I know. So. Yeah, I know. But yeah. but I I think it's um, I think it's maybe more pronounced if you're. I mean, I think bassoon itself is so um, singular. I mean, it's the maybe the reason we all play bassoon is to just be unique, and so I think it has its own unique set of, you know, problems, and also the way that people approach you because of the instrument. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I, you know, it's a little more rarefied. I think it's good. You know, it's, it yeah. makes it a little easier for us because, you know, the path has not been paved. If you're wanting to like do something different, it's like. I'm just going to do this because no one, there's not really been anybody else doing it. So, you know, or at least the way that I want to do what I, what I, how I want to express this, it's, there's not a lot of examples. And so um, it, it kind of takes the pressure off. I also feel like, you know, if you're just freelancing in orchestra, when you're not playing in orchestra, then you're just like, you know, but if you're not playing, you know, if I'm not playing in orchestra, I have like, I always have like three or four of the things I'm doing, you know, mm -hmm. like this week I'm, I have, I'm playing a roulette, I'm playing with Henry Threadgill, um, and I'm going on tour with Wayne Horvitz next, like on Wednesday, I'm going to the mm -hmm. West Coast. So it's like, you know, I'm, bu I'm, bu I'm busy, mm -hmm. I'm busy and it's not, or it's not orchestral work, you know, but mm -hmm. it's all really mm -hmm. exciting stuff so yeah yeah we'd love every, to come and see week. you play live oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll we'll come and i'll be i'll be like i don't have any gigs now <laughs> oh, no. no that can't be no 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 no, no. roulette right roulette at okay. roulette yeah but um okay. yeah when are you when are you moving here i don't know i think it's sometime in august <laughs> okay yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, we'll have to be in we'll have to be in touch yeah, yeah. yeah. okay so um what would you like what do you like to do for fun and recreation besides all the bassooning um <clears throat> it's different now because i have a kid i like hiking and swimming i like going to the beach um I, yeah i like being outside i like to read <laughs> okay. Okay. but um yeah I, I mostly i like to be outside i like to hang with hang out with my kid for as long as he'll let me hang out with him oh yeah um, you know it's a so. teenager right Almost. yeah he's getting he's getting there he's still very sweet but it's it's changing quickly <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah. okay okay um so. uh did you have some tips for maybe uh, younger musicians listening in like, uh, how do you approach your portfolio career? Because you're doing many uh, projects. How do I approach, sorry. Having uh, a I... portfolio career. Um, having a, a portfolio? That was what you said? No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, sorry, sorry. Oh, yeah. Maybe I didn't say it. Yeah. No, like, no. I yeah. just was surprised because I was like, oh, portfolio. Um, I mean... Um, I I think it's really okay here it is. <laughs> I think it's really important to be able to um play your instrument well in 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 traditional technique and then um and then uh, and then in tandem or after start to really explore away from that if that's what you're interested in i don't think that people should this is just my opinion i don't think people should skimp on on good technique and really mm -hmm. being able to um have good tone production and good 
um, good control with your fingers and all of that. I think it's really, really important. Because, um, and also um, being able to read really well, you know, all this stuff is, it just makes it a lot easier to be um, in the creative world. You know, if you get music that's really hard put in front of you, you should be able to you should be able to play it. So I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of practicing and a lot of like different ensemble playing that is good to do, it, you know? And I do think that if you, if you can say yes to everything, you know, um, I also think, you know, something that my teacher, Juliet uh, uh, Phoebes, when I was getting my master's, she said, whatever you do, don't flake out on creative music. Mm. Um, don't, don't flake out on make that your priority, make the creative music your priority. Even if you're not getting paid very much, that's, you tell me that that's what your priority is. So make it your priority. And that was really important to hear. Cause I think a lot of people, you know, are tempted, you get tempted, um, to get out of a gig for another gig. I've had to do it, but I wouldn't, it's very rare for me to do it. I have to think really hard about it and I, and I'll try not to do it if it's for, if I'm, if it's a creative music gig that I'm already doing. So I think that's really important. You want to seem like a reliable person and a friendly person mm -hmm. and a, and um, a capable bassoonist. These are the most important things I think. Reliable, friendly, and capable. Ah, oh, nice. Qualities. <laughs> <laughs> I do. As a freelancer, you want to be able to come in, make some friends, play really well, and then people will want to be in contact with you, and and they'll you'll be on their list as somebody like, oh, you should call this person. I just played with them; they sounded really good. You mm -hmm. know, so I think that's really important. And they're really easy to get along with, you know, that's all that these are, these are really good qualities when you're, when you're freelancing. Um, I do think, I mean, I think it's a good idea um, in these times to be able to have other things that you do, you know, teaching and um, um, you and I both teach and you and I both do arts admin, you know, I really enjoy these things too, as, as much as bassoon, you know, I like doing um, arts administration for nonprofit. I like teaching students, you know, and I really like playing bassoon. So I, and I don't feel like a complete person without all those, without those three things, you know, they all kind of like keep me um, level and keep me away from feeling sad, which is always the goal, you know, like, like, oh, oh, no, I'm too busy. Oh, no, I'm not busy enough. Oh, no, I'm too busy. You know, like to like, kind of keeps your equilibrium. Um, and I, I don't know, I, I, at least to, for younger musicians, I always say it's like kind of diversify your interests as far as the things that you can do. Because um, you never know what's going to happen in life and you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket. And and then some people can, and they're just like amazing, and they do it, and they're killing it on with just that one thing of playing bassoon. But I think most of us need to do a couple different things, and um, and you should feel you should feel good about that, you know. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think it's getting more acceptable now, right? To have uh, yeah a portfolio, as we say. Yeah. yeah, I guess I haven't really thought of that as a, a portfolio. I, uh, I guess it, I want you to explain to me what you mean by that. Oh, uh, yeah. So you have like multiple income streams, right? I think that was very important oh. during the pandemic, right? So like if your performance career was hit, you would still earn another um, stream of income. Yeah, totally. I know yeah, that yeah. was, um, yeah, I mean, uh, I knew a lot of um I knew some musicians, not a lot, but some musicians who really like, who are touring musicians who only tour, who only do gigs. That's, that's what they, and they make a living, uh, uh with, that, with that, for their career. But, um, but they were really hurting. I had my little, you know, my nonprofit, um, arts administration job. That's really part-time, but it became more full-time because of, we were having to do this heavy lift to keep an organization running during the pandemic. And I was so, I felt so lucky, you know, I was like, Oh, 
taught my students online, had the arts administration. Oh, and then, oh, I see. then when the, when the gigs came back, I was like, ah, you know, like, oh my gosh, I have to leave the house. Oh no, ah, you know. <laughs> or oh, even the anxiety yeah. of, of uh, going back. Yeah. yeah. It's like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh, so I see, I see. But things are much better now, right? I oh see. yeah. Yeah. New York has really opened up. I mean, even with everyone getting COVID again, there's still con people aren't canceling concerts now. It's just we're just continuing on and getting COVID and playing concerts. So <laughs> life goes on. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how it is for you out there. If that's similar. Oh, they finally uh, lifted all the restrictions. There's no more um, restrictions on audience or number of visitors you can have at your home. So it's really, yeah. Back to normal. <laughs> I mean, Singapore was very, you, everyone was really careful there. Yes. It, yes, it was yeah. really like, and your numbers were low, right? Um, except I think last year was exceptional. There were like multiple, um, how do you call, uh, circuit breakers, not like full lockdowns, but the uh, restrictions were very severe last year. So it was like okay. open, close, open, close, and uh, wind playing and the singers were actually banned, you know, like you couldn't play a wind instrument outdoors. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. And you couldn't sing. Like for example, I have a piano student. She's in the choir, but they still sing through a mask, you know. Right. Yeah. So that's kind of uh, very restrictive. I know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, that was the same. I mean, I went to, my son was in the school play in the fall and all the kids like were like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. It's, so. uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I just have one final question because I've, I've uh, kept you quite long. Uh, oh, no, it's so, so fun yeah. talking with you. I love it. I can't wait to meet you in person. Oh, I'm super excited. You. Yeah. Thank you. Um, who do you think I should interview next? You mentioned some of your teachers. Oh, hey. oh who should you interview next? Yes, yeah. Fabulous. I mean, have you interviewed Rebecca Heller? Yes, I have. Yeah, okay. okay. Um, Maybe Rufus Olivia? I've heard his name a few times now. I would, in, I would, okay. ask, I would ask Rufus, um, and you could tell him that I recommended, not that you need, he probably would be happy to talk with you, but... Um, yeah, yeah, Martin has mentioned him also. Yeah, Martin oh. was one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, God, yeah, he's so yeah. great. I mean, yeah. incredible. Um, and then I would also consider... Um, Interviewing Paul Hansen. Oh, he's been on. Yeah. He, oh, you've already interviewed yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, oh, you didn't. You acted like you didn't know what I was talking about. You're like, no, no, no. I just didn't want to interrupt you. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I like went on and on about him. You're like, uh -huh, I know. That's <laughs> so funny. Um, yeah, interview Rufus. Okay, Rufus. Yeah. <laughs> Rufus. Yay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So yeah. Thank you for staying up. I know it's oh very late gosh. now. Yeah, yeah I hope yeah. I wasn't too rambly and yeah, um, okay. and my yeah. bassoon playing wasn't too awful sounding because I, but um, yeah, yeah, it's so nice yeah. talking with you. Yeah, so um, yeah, uh, all the best. You have a tour next week, right? Um, yep. And yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go on Wednesday. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, yeah. and I, I hope that you're, um, I know that you're having some back trouble. I hope that's getting better. Yeah, 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 yeah. I feel much better. Yeah, I hope okay. to meet you very soon and uh, yes. wish you all the best. Yeah, yeah, you too. Okay. Thank you, Joanne. And if you have enjoyed this podcast, please like, subscribe or share with your friends. That would mean the world to us. Until next time, goodbye.